Welcome to episode 17, my conversation with Matt Ian Kelly from the UK. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Welcome to the Straight Up Gay Podcast. I'm your host, Major, and here on the show, I have conversations with people about their experiences related to the LGBT community. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences. Keep in mind, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. Today is April 23rd, 2017, and on the show I have Matt Ian Kelly. Uh, Matt is a podcaster from the United Kingdom. He is the host of The Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man. Uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm very looking forward to our chat, Major. So we're just going to jump right into the show. Um, do, before we do that, um, just give us a little bit about yourself. You know, what do you, who are you? What do you like? Uh, give me a brief overview and we'll dig into the details more. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yep, Matt, I've lived in London most of my life. Um, and so the big metropolis is, is my, uh, is my base. Um, I, uh, have been in, uh, I'm an actor, um, and voiceover and I've been in that world for hundreds of years, it feels like now. Um, but yeah, I'm 40, oh, I'm going to be 49 this year, which is frightening. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I uh, am currently in a long-term relationship of uh, 18 years and about to, well, about to in a year's time to get married finally tie hey, the knot congratulations good i'm glad <laughs> to hear you. that yeah <laughs> um and my partner is uh, originally from california we met in san francisco awesome so one of the things i've thought about recently um i know you didn't really get a lot of the last episode that i aired about the gamers uh episode mm -hmm. um but one of the things i learned about um myself and about the show is that i'm not really asking people i'm i'm strictly sticking to what defines them as an LGBT person and talking strictly mm. about their LGBT status or the, the information about them that is in, it, it relates to just the yeah. LGBT area of their life. And I thought, man, that's a really myopic way to look at it. Sure. So I was, I promised myself that I would ask additional questions about, you know, what are your likes? You know, what are your hobbies? What, what are you really into? Yeah. What do you like? So tell me a little bit about your life that has nothing to do with being a gay man. Yeah, <laughs> that's difficult. Everything leads back there <laughs> or, again. Or not strictly about being <laughs> but no. a um, No, I totally get you. I mean, I'm uh, I'm kind of outside of that world. I'm I'm, I'm an avid. Sounds sounds really boring, but I'm an avid walker. I love walking for miles and miles and miles. And I, you know, if if I could just have the money to spend my life traveling um from country to country and walking long distances then <laughs> that's kind of a major player in my life um and uh, to be honest with you also music um and some people always assume that because you're a, a gay man that you're only going to like kind of very specific types of music and i i don't stick to that stereotype i like so much stuff a lot of rock i grew up as a i was a goth <laughs> wow look at that <laughs> i know it's a confession yeah so <laughs> it, it says here on my interview form that you're from blackheath in south london yes and i always ask um people on my show uh, in the pre-interview form if, if they're religious or if they follow any particular religion and you said <laughs> the church of the poison of the mind which is a reference to the uh, song by culture club which yes, with I, just... I am not familiar so could you please hum a few bars I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. Uh, but please, I've never heard of that song. So what, what, what's the gist of that song? Tell me a little bit. So it, to be honest with you, it, it's kind of an answer that I've given before on forms. Uh, it's me being a bit facetious, but um, it's, uh, it's uh, to be a uh, culture club and boy, George, who I'm sure you're aware of from your teenage years. Uh, <laughs> it was, was a big influence on me. Um, and, uh, I was lucky enough to meet him. He came to see me in, in, in a play, um, and, uh, chaired a, a Q and a 
with us afterwards and uh and yes yeah, so i got to i got to meet him so i use his songs to reference life church of the poison mind really is uh is just kind of uh that the, the, you're in a place where um you're not quite sure if people are trying to get one over on you i suppose is the best way to describe it <laughs> yeah okay well that's really cool so um to answer the real question though do you consider yourself a religious person or um do you consider yourself agnostic or atheist or what is your religious point of view i i, I suppose um, agnostic would be one way to describe it but i mean i'm i'm quite spiritual but i don't i don't um i don't pray to any deities put it that way i i kind of i find um solace in in kind of meditation and it's not a well it's not a i'm not a buddhist but uh i suppose what i'm doing is very similar to practices that some buddhists would use but i i, I do kind of it's mindfulness okay that's cool i just i didn't know if you followed a particular religion because i know that kind of can have some influence on on lgbt people as far as how they were raised and so i'd like to ask that question um and it's particularly of some interest to me because i'm an atheist and and i like to know um how people's religion influences their decisions and and, and affects their lives in different ways and so i threw that in there as a pre-interview question just to kind of get an idea of what kind of people i'm talking to no, no, no. Absolutely. I find it. I mean, I, I've uh, in, in my podcast, I do. Um, I, I did kind of put a call out to um, LGBTQ people who may have a faith because I didn't think that I knew anybody who did. And as soon as I said that, I actually had a really close friend who turned around and said, well, I've got a faith. And I, I've known this guy for years and years and we've just never discussed. It's just never come up in conversation we've just never had that conversation yeah it's funny how well you can know somebody and still not know everything about them yeah absolutely okay and so you're engaged and you're about to be married your partner of 18 years yes yes is that really um, exciting met, for you uh it started to become quite stressful actually <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> getting marriage. married is always oh, stressful it, it, it shouldn't be um and i stand up in front of hundreds of people in the theater and that doesn't bother me but suddenly when it's real and it's personal and it's about you and another person kind of sharing this moment sharing this love it becomes something really terrifying and kind of suddenly i'm anxious about doing that it's ridiculous really but if i can give you a little bit of advice Oh, please do. Um, so we, I had my current wife and I, we had the least stressful wedding. Okay. How did you manage that? We got married in a bookstore um, by, wow. a fr by a friend of ours. It was just me and her and a friend uh -huh. of ours who was an ordained minister. And um, the, the, we actually were going to have a wedding ceremony. The idea was I had gotten this new job with my current career and I knew that they yeah. were going to move me. And I said, well, I want you to be my wife so that you can move with me. And there were certain benefits to being married. You know, the spouse would right. get some sort of like job seeking assistance and stuff like that. And I said, well, I want you to come with me. I want you to stay, you know, I want to be with you. But if we're not married and you still come with me, we just won't get these additional benefits. And we know we're going to get married, you know, soon anyway. So let's just yeah. do it. Let's just do it legally. And then we can do a ceremony later on for our friends and family. Sure. And we had a really cool experience. We went to a Borders bookstore. We were in a coffee shop inside the Borders wow. bookstore. We sat down at a coffee table and uh, <laughs> this friend of ours married us and it was raining that day. And shortly after she said, you're now husband and wife, we looked out the window there. They had this big bay window at the front of the store yeah. and there was a rainbow that went from side to side all the way across the whole front of the <laughs> store. It was really cool. And we never actually Amazing. had, we never actually had the celebration ceremony because I did move and it ate into our savings. Yeah. We were never able actually to afford an actual uh, wedding uh, ceremony yeah. where we invited guests and stuff like that. But it's super wow. less stressful if it's just you and him and somebody to marry you in a bookstore and a coffee shop. That's way less well, stress. You see, this is the difficult thing because of my nature, because the nature, my personal nature is to just go all out. And I wanted a gospel choir and, uh, oh, you know, I man. wanted all no, sorts. No I wanted kidding. it all. I wanted, <laughs> yeah, I wanted doves and, you know, the whole <laughs> big drama. But nice. my other half is very practical. He works in, uh, he's a, an energy consultant, so <laughs> his world is very different to mine. Yeah, it sounds like a practical career, yeah? Yeah, very okay. practical and doing good things with the world, whereas I'm just prancing around on stage, bit making an idiot of myself most of the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we have kind of come up against, uh, how do we do this? And, and I mean, the reality of it is, I, I, it probably is better to 
lower key than 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 the choir of um, angels. There we go. That's just really. I wanted I wanted a choir. So I'm at, there's something in there religious ingrained in me. So. Yeah, fair enough. And you know, I mean, get what you want. I mean, for me at the time, it was just you know, hey, I just want to be married to you, and and yeah, and so for us, it worked. And you know, do what works yeah. for you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing is because. But with because um, my other part my other half is called Keith. Um, as I say, we we met in San Francisco, and he came over to the UK before civil partnerships and before gay marriage. Oh, okay. Um, so we had quite a fight to uh, initially to keep him here. He came over uh, on a graduate basis and had a six month visa. Oh, okay. And uh, from that point, we had to prove our love by getting both sets of parents to write letters about how much we loved each other, even though the parents, well, certainly his parents didn't know anything of me at that point. Um, we had to get 12 friends to write letters about how much we loved each other. And we wow. had to, yeah, it was incredible. This big file was, was formed. Um, and, um, we had our passports taken away from us. So he had his U S passport, um, taken away from him. And then it was suggested that I should do the same to prove that, we were serious about this so we went through quite a lot and it was probably two and a half years where there was no, there were no passports and obviously family problems happened over there he, he lost his grandfather and his dog died and so we couldn't go back and it kind of that's you go through that test yeah and that's really that's really unfortunate to hear that's really terrible i can't imagine that that was a good time for either of you yeah, I mean, interestingly though, you come out the other end and you feel it. It, it is. A, I mean, it's. A, it was a test, and you kind of go, well, if we can get through that, um, being detained for me, being detained in my own country, then uh, you can pretty much get through anything. So it's a good basis. Um, but then it's taken us all this time, eighteen years to to actually do it. But it's also for. I mean, legally, it will help because every time we come in back into the UK, uh, we go into different streams at immigration at passports. Oh control. yeah, okay. Um, and that can be a bit stressful because he's got what we call permanent leave to remain, which means he can stay in the country uh, and legally work. But at the moment, because he's not a citizen, he can't vote or get access to public funding and that kind of thing. Yeah, because he because he's not a citizen of the of the country, yeah. so he doesn't get the benefits of citizenship, basically. Exactly. So right. that's that's going to change with the marriage as well. So that's another reason to do it. So yeah, okay. Well, congratulations for you guys. I'm really happy for you. So thank you. Uh, one of the things I did, uh, just a side note, um, I became an ordained minister in the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Um, on <laughs> On the exact same day that our Supreme Court repealed any bans prohibiting same-sex marriages. And I thought, okay, now it's legal around the country. I said the next hurdle is going to be for LGBT people to get married because ministers aren't going to want to marry them. And so sure. I said, you know what? I'm going to do my part to contribute. And I knew I had learned of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster as um, sort of like a, satire, a satirical religion, um, kind of okay. poking fun at the other religions here because yeah. – um, they, they, some of the religions here enjoy some sort of preference, you know, like, um, when they go get their driver's license, they can wear, you know, Jewish people can wear their yarmulke and their picture if they would like, right, and, right. And, or you can wear, some women can wear some of the hijabs, um, where yeah. maybe it doesn't cover their face, but they get to wear it to where it covers their hair or their neck. Yeah. But if I were to go there and say, Hey, I want to wear my baseball hat, I'm not allowed to wear my baseball hat. Yeah, yeah. And so some of the, the because they're religious in in this country, they get to enjoy a, a certain amount of privilege uh, because of that. <laughs> and so the religion, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, people will go get their li driver's license photos because our religious headwear for our religion is the colander or a spaghetti strainer. Amazing. Yeah, and that's our religious headwear. So there have been people and you can you can go on Google and and search for um, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster driver's license. I'm going straight there after this. <laughs> there are pictures out there of people who got their driver's license photo taken with a spaghetti strainer on their head because that is their religious Fantastic. headwear. <laughs> and and so because I'm an ordained minister, um, I have done that simply because I want to be able to marry people who otherwise wouldn't be able to get married because there was yeah. some religious organization that wouldn't would refuse to marry them and, and they don't want to just go through the justice of the peace or the legal, you know, minimal thing of going to the courthouse and, and doing that. And so 
Um, I decided to do that. So on the same day that we made it legal around our country, um, I became an ordained minister so that I could provide that service for people. So I'm just fantastic. Yeah. And so I just want to congratulate you guys. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, we, 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 there is a thought that down the line that we may sort of want to come and do the same thing over on your side of the pond. So maybe we'll call upon you and your spaghetti based church to assist us. I would be, if you are ever in the Atlanta area and you want to uh, meet up and do dinner or anything like that, let me know. I'm, I'm happy to do that. That'd be brilliant. That'd yeah. be brilliant. If you're, you know, you said you're a spiritual person and if you're looking for a nice religion, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is a very nice religion. Um, our heaven consists of a beer volcano and stripper factory. And so, <laughs> there you go. yeah. And so, and our hell is also a beer volcano and stripper factory, but the beer is warm. Oh, oh. see now in the UK, warm beer is, 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 uh, you know, we, we, we strive on warm beer. We actually, you know, actively search for warm beer. So, uh, <laughs> well, then you may prefer hell in the church of the <laughs> you monster. I don't know. Um, so anyway, let's, let's move on to the interview. Uh, yes. It's good getting to joke around with you, but, uh, let's move on to the interview. So, yes, um, yes, yes. I always start from the beginning and I want to, you know, I kind of try and move through a timeline of your experience. Yeah. I want to know, or if you could answer for us, what is the earliest experience you had um, in which you could, maybe at the time you didn't understand what was happening, but you, you can recall that you felt an attraction towards someone of the same sex or that you maybe started to realize like, Hey, I like boys and not girls kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was definitely about, I think I was eight years, eight years old. Um, and I have discussed this in one of my podcasts actually was, um, the, it was, a, it's a strange thing. I don't have a, don't get me wrong. I don't have a fetish for feet, but I just remember the smell of a friend's smelly feet. Little boys have smelly feet. Yeah. And I remember kind of not finding it offensive and actually finding it, it wasn't a sexual thing, but just finding it kind of pleasant. Uh, and that sort of being something that slowly kind of as I got older, I registered as 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 that I was sort of attracted to that more masculine smell, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, it was it was eight. And then uh, kind of I, I, my parents told me I was that they knew when I was three. Oh, wow. Really? And how do they yeah. know that? How do they like? So explain well, that for me, because I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even imagine identifying any sort of traits in my toddler whether they would yeah. be gay or straight. So please explain how they explain that. It wasn't so much that I, there was anything I, I was from, from what I've been told from my mother told me at the time was that I, she just had this mother's intuition. She said, she called it mother's intuition later down the line. She discussed with my father and my father was not so willing to, to, to just buy into it at that early stage and say, well, of course he is. So there was a period of kind of them mulling over. And then I didn't actually, properly come out to them until I was 25 in a letter. I was out in the rest of the world in my life, but I never actually said the words to them. But as soon as I said, my mother said three years old, I, 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 we discussed it and, uh, and you were very, and she said I was very sensitive and she always associated being a sensitive child to being a gay <laughs> child. I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that, and that actually takes care of the second question is, is how you came out and, it looks like you came out. It says here you came out in a letter. No, no, no. The uh, the the letter was uh, was it took everything I had to write this letter, which is and my parents, as I was saying, I think before that they they were you know pretty liberal, but it was still to actually say the words was tough. One of the toughest things, and even though I wasn't saying them out loud just putting them down on paper and then sending it in the post. My parents weren't living in London at the time. They'd moved to the country and, and their world was quite different. And I, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a tough one, but uh, you know, also I suppose now very different to a, somebody coming out uh, in 2017, it's quite a different world they were going into, of course, uh, on, on, on television and in the media at the time when I was sort of finding my feet as a, gay man um there was a lot of information about a lot of scaremongering about um hiv and aids there was an advert in the uk that featured this um this terrifying uh rock sailing through this 
well, kind of a rock in the ocean and uh, and it crumbling apart and the word AIDS being there and kind of a it just just being stuck a lot of children still talk I mean people who were children at that time still have conversations about this advert and how it instilled this fear and that if you were you know there was the attitude that if you were gay then you're going to get ill I think originally it was kind of promoted as, or at least uh, explained as a, a gay disease that it was affecting the yeah. gay community exclusively. As, as I recall, I just watched the movie um, "The Dallas Buyers Club," and while I realize it's yes. not a, it's not a documentary by any means, but yeah, I remember in the show when it, it is about a true story, and I remember in yeah. the movie that he was told that he had. AIDS or, or HIV. I forget which. Mm. I think they told him he had HIV and it would become AIDS. Yeah. And he immediately assumed that they were calling him gay. And, and he's like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not gay. Yeah. And, and, and how could I get this kind of thing? And, and they tried to explain that it's, it doesn't just affect gay people. It's, it's no, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I could imagine that would be a pretty scary thing to see is some sort of terrifying imagery about, you know, a AIDS and HIV. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing with with the par with the parental thing, and not actually going straight to the parents to tell them was because because I knew I could look after myself, and you know I could be responsible for myself, but it was more their fears, and I think that was part of it as well. Is 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 my concern for what they would they would worry, and my mum was an extreme worrier, and yeah, <laughs> it was kind of if I don't say it. It's going to give her one less thing to think about. I can understand that. So one of the questions I want to ask, this is an additional question, is mm. so some people come out in letters to their parents or email or in yeah. person. And um, do you think in general speaking, it, mm. would, it would be better to do it in some sort of correspondence like a letter or an email or in person? I mean, in retrospect, I think it's always going to be best to be face to face. Really? Yeah. I mean, if it's, I, I suppose if it's difficult, for, if, if you're, if you're struggling and uh, you just don't have that, or, or your parents are, you know, you, you're concerned about how they're going to react. And I guess also, I mean, this is kind of talking more from a, if you've left home scenario, you know, you've kind of got past that stage, but I would say if it's always going to, I think now, and especially talking to younger people uh, on my podcast about their coming out experiences and the ones that have gone kind of been the most successful seem to be the ones that were face to face, even if they haven't necessarily been immediately um, kind of positive responses that in the end, the parents have appreciated the kind of being able to look them in the eye. I think that would probably be my thought anyway at the moment. Well, I've been thinking about this recently because um, I've had guests on the show who have come out in person and I have guests on the mm. show who come out in a letter or an email and from most of the people who have come out in person, they usually explain, um, maybe it's just particularly for trans people, maybe not so much mm. as gay people, but for trans people, it seems that when they do that in person, yeah, they kind of, they get instant knee jerk reactions from their parents in which their parents say something really hurtful that once they've said it, they can't take it back kind of thing. Right. And so I, in, in my point of view, I think, especially if you are pretty sure that your parents aren't going to be accepting of it, that it would probably be better to do it in some sort of correspondence so that they no, can. No, absolutely. I think you're right. Especially, I, th I think, I mean, and of course I haven't been through the experience of coming out as trans, but I think it is another, for some parents, it's yet another level. And I think from listening to some of your previous guests, it seems like that, you know, they may have initially uh, kind of consider themselves to be gay um and then things have progressed and they've realized no 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 actually i am trans and then that's almost more difficult to have had to, if you've gone through one round of coming out to then come and do it again and i suppose it's a tough one i mean yeah i i, I kind of understand that that makes sense that that is probably a harder coming out yeah, I'm, and, I, and I don't mean to say that there's one best way to do it or no, not, no. and I don't want to say, and, and give the impression that I think there should be one way. I'm sure it's it's a, a unique experience for each person, but mm. I was just trying to get in th in, in your into your opinion of, of what you thought would yeah. be the best way. And in general, if someone was looking to come out, what do you think you know would be the best yeah. way? And I guess, be, like you said, because you're not a trans person, you haven't had experience, you really can't speak to that. 
method either. yeah i mean i can only you could well i suppose as anyone you can imagine and um and I know if you've been through i mean i know you said yourself you've come you came out as as atheist and so actually having a thing to to tell people that's going to possibly you know be disagreeable to them is always going to be a tough one yeah definitely and uh you know it, it gives me a little bit of a perspective as being an atheist you know i i don't, I don't want to make an equal comparison um, mm. that coming out and telling people you're an atheist is, is the same as telling someone you're gay or trans, but mm. it, it does give me some sort of, um, perspective on the experience because there are times I have been confronted at the, in the military where they're like, so you're an atheist, right? And they kind of, and people that I don't want to know would, would confront me and say, well, you're an atheist, right? Can you know, maybe because of right. I slipped up in one of my opinions or anything like that. And it happened to me recently, a few months back, and and I lied. I was right. just like, no, no, I'm not an atheist. You know, I'm uh, well. Why ah. would you get that impression, kind of thing? And so it it gives me a little a little bit of what it's like to be. I, again, I'm not trying to say it's an equal comparison, yeah. but it gives yeah. me a little bit of the perspective of what it's, what it's like to have to hide something about yourself that you don't want people to no, know, absolutely. and that and that it coming out can be quite terrifying because. One of the major reasons I haven't told everyone in my life or that I don't live my life as an out atheist is because mm. I am terrified of losing longtime friends over something that I find pretty insignificant yeah. defining factor about me. And I'm, I'm just not ready to go there yet. Yeah. No, I mean, this, I think that I completely relate to that fear because I say I lived in London most of my life. But when I was uh, I had sort of six years where my family moved to a kind of rural area and uh it was very different and that was kind of the point where i was becoming a teenager and the struggle was very it was going to be tougher there because it was less cosmopolitan than big old london and uh and i know certainly that there were people who uh, friendships ended um and they may have ended anyway naturally because that happens at that time of life but certainly some friendships um, were finished when I, I left that part of the world. And then, uh, people became aware down sort of through the grapevine that I'd come out and that I think some people wouldn't have been interested in continuing those friendships. So it's a tough one. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, I just, I wanted to get your opinion on that, but, uh, moving mm. on, you know, um, yeah. so you, you live your life, you know, you don't hide that from anyone anymore. You're, yep. you live, you know, pretty much out or, you know, as I, I don't like to use the term out all the time like you would just burst into a room kind of thing and be like hey i met <laughs> met the gay guy kind of thing um but if if yeah. someone were to ask or inquire and oh is this you know who's this you would say this is my fiance uh, you said his name is yeah. Kev kevin right keith keith oh sorry yeah. about that yeah no no i i de definitely um i i do i mean i as well as uh acting and voice work and stuff i also do a bit of a uh, kind of part-time teaching teaching english as a foreign language my boss in that world knows everything about me and the other teachers know and uh so that's kind of obviously in 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 theater and performance just i don't know it's a bit of a cliche but there are the stereotype is that there's a lot of gay people within that world and there is for whatever reasons and um so obviously in that i don't i it was it was actually going into that world that uh, that probably partly one of the reasons i went into that world apart from being a show off was that I wanted to, uh, it was a comfortable place to be. So we, we've discussed about your childhood and when you first had your, you know, the first experience in which you started yeah. to experience attractions to um, the same sex. And yeah. so we're getting up into about your school age in which I want to know in your teens or, or any time in your life, you know, before now, have you experienced mm. any sort of aggressions towards you because you're gay or any discrimination that in which is a significant event that you recall? Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't ever have any kind of really, I mean, a couple of pushes and shoves, but nothing major physically, but it was, there were, there was name calling. Um, and I think it, it's a difficult one because I did sort of slightly not pandered to it, but I, because I uh, was what was known as a, a new romantic, which in the eighties in the UK meant that you were sort of dressing like, uh, uh like Duran Duran okay. and you're wearing kind of that kind of gear. And so I was aligning myself with that world. And partly I think because it gave me a, a tribe to be part of, I wanted to, I was trying to find a tribe. And so I, in a way, 
people did people were drawn to me my making myself stand out a bit so uh, so, so I was kind of quite visible and in some ways it meant that people would kind of keep their some people would keep their distance because they just thought I was a kind of strange alien creature I wanted to be David Bowie basically <laughs> <laughs> nice um, uh, that 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 was the protection side of it but at the same time that did come with uh with a lot of name calling um uh yeah i recalled everything under the sun puff the ass bandit uh probably fudge packer all that stuff was you know thrown at me and at the time you're still questioning that and in the end you kind of go well maybe you're <laughs> maybe that's true maybe what you're saying is true maybe you could say it in a nicer way but um but yeah the bullying was was more about at school was more just it was name calling but then I, I feel like a lot of teenagers get names you know it's not I don't know if it was just because I was gay but it was the one thing that people could kind of jump on yeah I, th I think there's a time in which we all experience some sort of bullying and yeah but I imagine that a, a gay person who starts to identify with their tribe as you said you know and, and they start yeah. to dress in a way that kind of makes them stand out more um yeah. My my previous guest uh, for the episode that's currently out, Rachel, she kind of went through something like that where she was dressing a little more. Um, I don't know if she used the word, and I don't want to be disrespectful to her, but mm. you know, in a in a more unique fashion that kind of made her stand out as a lesbian kind of thing. I don't want to say sure. butch, you know. I, I'm sure mm -hmm. that's a derogatory term, but I imagine that you know, there's a sort of style that comes with being a gay person that some people will and and made not all people again. I'm not trying to stereotype, yeah. but you know, there's you like you said, you try to belong to that tribe and you start to identify yeah. and and dress alike and and find that style that fits you and it, and it makes you stand out to the other people more and and it probably makes you a little bit more of a target for a bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I I I think uh, I think it's not necessarily a, a, a I don't feel like I. I think I probably benefited from going through that and actually kind of putting myself in tribes. And I went through a lot of different tribes trying to find my feet. And a lot of it was done through uh, pop culture and style. And that kind of thing was was really important to me. And so I went on to become a goth, which was a terrible mistake. No offense to goths in the world, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it, but it, it was it was it was part and parcel of me learning who I am as a gay man, and I don't think everyone probably takes that route and needs to, but certainly at that time in my life and the way the world was at that point and where I was living in the world, it was it was the it was it was right for me to do that. So. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, we all go through those experiences where we're trying to find our own yeah. tribe. And, and, you know, since you've been pretty honest, there's a, a point in my life at which I would wear this long black duster <laughs> kind of jacket. And yeah, it was kind of maybe a little bit of a metal kind of vibe, sure. you know, with the, with the, with the wallet and the chain kind of thing in the long <laughs> black duster. And I had my hair long kind of thing. So we're all looking for, our, we're all looking <laughs> for our go. own tribe. Everybody's Everybody's done it. Yeah. So um, I want to move on to a, a maybe a more positive experience. And I, mm. I mean this question when I ask it, you know, to describe a time in which you received some much needed support. I kind of mean it in the same time frame as which, you know, if you were in your school days and you were getting bullied by someone in which mm. someone reached out to you and, and made a difference in your life, mm. specifically related to you being an LGBT person or a gay man. It, it doesn't have to mean that. Um, you yeah. can, uh, so of course, describe any time at which that happened, but that's kind of the intention is, you know, maybe yeah, there was this no. teacher who understood you better or something like that. No, actually the, the, the now, now you kind of describe it in those terms. Yes, there was a, there was a, we called a social worker who was a school counselor, I suppose. I was taken out of classes because I was along with the, um, with the, dressing up and and uh I, I became quite disruptive at school because I was a bit angry and confused and I didn't kind of I wasn't the best student and so I was sent to see the school counsellor social worker and he was the first person he who ever said to me do you think you might be gay and initially I kind of my heckles were up and I thought I don't want to be asked this question you shouldn't be asking me this question but but kind of and when I went away and because I said I denied it and said no 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 no, that's not that's not it's not it I'm just unhappy with life and life's unfair and I'm a teenager um, but um he did end up I'd go back to him kind of quite regularly and 
over a period of time he didn't push it any further than that but then was always kind of there to if I wanted to and so I kind of approached it in a manner where I talked about everything else and I talked around it even though I was probably saying yes I am without saying the words yes I am and he was very sensitive to it and kind of was the the buffer for for all the the rubbish that happened so definitely it was having that person in the school even back then and that was quite progressive I suppose really especially in a rural town to have that person there so you know he having having an having an adult who kind of gave that as a opening but then didn't push it that was really appreciated yeah that's that's really good to hear you know uh, I think a lot of times in here in the US social workers get kind of a bad rap sometimes because they're usually the people who are if the if a child is in a dangerous home, they're the ones that kind of call the police and 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 right. break up families. And I think sometimes that they they get a bad rap. And and I think really mm-hmm. in reality they do a lot of good. They they're they're looking out for the best interest of people. And it's really good to hear that you had someone like that to really help you through the tough times. Oh yeah, completely, completely. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's the one from from school age that sticks in my mind. Okay. And so one of the things I like to talk about is, man, we're going really fast. We we can, I'm already like towards the end of the interview and we're only like 40 minutes in. I'm like, I got 20 more minutes to kill. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this spare time. So, so feel free to elaborate as much as you'd oh, yes, like. Okay. <laughs> don't say that because I will for hours. <laughs> what is something about the society, culture, politics that concerns you, that worries you, gives you concern over the future for LGBT people? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, at the moment, um, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be fearful of. I mean, and obviously, as we are speaking now, there is the situation in Chechnya um, that I'm sure you're aware of. The fact that there can still be what people are calling a concentration camp in 2017 is terrifying that that can be happening again. You know, shades of things that have gone in, on in the 40s, it's happening again somewhere i did just learn about that recently maybe about a week ago i i I subscribe to some google alerts you know for some keywords like lgbt stuff so i can kind of stay Mm -hmm. up on the current events and i did see that that the president of chechnya i don't yeah uh, ramaza or something like that i can't remember yeah 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 Um, but he has about he has vowed that by the end of 2018 there will be no more gay people in chechnya and that he is rounding up LGBT people and into concentration camps. And I I can agree with you that even if it wasn't about gay people, even if anyone was being rounded up into concentration camps would be terrifying, but specifically related to LGBT issues, the fact that people can just be gathered up and put into a place where their lives are in danger simply because they're gay or, or trains or, or whatever. And then the, 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 um, the, 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 the torture that seems to be going on and then you're hearing stories of, um, electrocution and 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 just it's and as you say he, he's talked about that well he's saying now that there won't be any and at one point where kind of the suggestion was well there isn't any in this in this part of the world because if that if they if there were the families would have killed them the really the really bad part is is it for here in america man that feels like on the other side of the world and it's like mm-hmm. well what can we even do about that i mean right now the only thing i know to do is to raise awareness of it to make people aware yeah. of it well no completely i think that that's but that's something we can do and i mean it's something like us talking on a podcast like this now and definitely on mine is 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 to keep keep it you know in, in the you know and the thing is you know news news I mean, I don't know about in, in the US so much, but certainly with like BBC and Sky News over here, if it's not the hot topic and once it's kind of been done, the news rolls on to something new because they want to keep us interested and and it kind of gets put on a bit of a back burner and it's it's something that just and the more people talk about it and the more it won't get forgotten that it's happening because um, that happens. That happens. Yeah. And I, and to be honest, um, I don't consume a lot of TV news, but we do watch it from time to time and not to say that it hasn't been covered, but it's not getting a lot of coverage. The way I found out about it was through my Google alert in which there, there was some online news source that was reporting it, but whether or not it's getting a lot of attention here in the U S on the TV news, I don't believe it is. And so I think, I think at this time we just need to start, you know, letting people know that, Hey, this is happening. These are concentration camps like the Holocaust where gay people exactly. are being rounded up and, and 
and I, either imprisoned or killed. I don't. I hadn't heard if anyone was being killed yet, but I at least know that they were being rounded up. Yeah, I believe there have been some some murders as well along the way. So it's not. Yeah, it's it's just just it's it's that stuff. Um, and then the activity of uh, ISIS with uh, the, with their you know their take on what. But again, it's the same thing um, that, you know, it doesn't exist. And if it does, we'll just stamp it out. Exactly. Um, so that, that, that side of things, yeah, I, I, I you know, it's, I, the world's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But you do hope that when it's that level and people are talking about concentration camps, that some, some other force can step in and, and, and stop it happening. But yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the stuff that I struggle with um is is it, it, it and i do worry about and i think about if you know people my age and people younger and some somebody who's or somebody's you know 13 years old and is absolutely terrified now as they're just going coming into puberty and they're they becoming aware that that's what they are and having that in, the, in that struggle it's just it's so tough yeah i can imagine that you know it's going to be terrifying enough for an adult person who's gay or trans and yeah and they're going to be terrified of people who know maybe they've already come out right and so now people mm. know that they're gay or trans and and now they're going to be rounded up but i can imagine just emerging into this world and, and discovering for yourself that you're gay or trans and now you're like oh no i might yeah. be captured now i mean it, it's terrifying enough to go through puberty and, and and discovering your sexuality exactly i mean this is the thing that, that i love i mean you know the, the internet's wonderful for that you're able to go and search for everything and all the information is there and somebody's probably made a youtube about video about how to make it better and that's wonderful but the fact now that you know and like i say a, a 13 year old um gay or trans person out in chechnya if they were even you know the concern of even searching for it, Googling it, uh, you know, is that going to, and, and, you know, it's just, where, where does it end? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's enough of the, the, the negative yes. and the doom and gloom. <laughs> Let's move on to something positive, please. Let's uh, lighten yes. the mood up here. And so yes. please yes. Tell, tell me about something that makes you hopeful for the future for LGBT people. What is it about the world that you can look to as a bright spot and say, well, hopefully it's bad now, but we'll reach this good thing yeah. in the future. Actually, uh, you—you're <laughs> one of the things. People like yourself. No, it's, it's, it definitely is. It's it, the fact that we talked about the word ally before, but it, the fact that the people are not coming out as allies, but are kind of are standing up and saying, it's "Not just I'm a friend of, but actually, I politically support um, LGBTQ rights," and uh, that is. The change that I'm seeing, I mean, the fact your podcast exists in the first place is a is a sign of change. So, yeah, cheers. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it just occurred to me that it didn't just occur to me, but it it has yeah. become more uh, aware of how important allies are. You know, we're not just friends to help provide personal and emotional support to people who yeah. are being put in, in what my last guest, Rachel said in this other box, you know, you're one of these people who is therefore apart from us and less than mm -hmm. us, you know, we're not just people who, you know, are friends to an individual gay person or a trans person and try to give them personal support in their lives. You know, Hey, don't take it so hard and be a support structure for just one person. But yeah. for the, for those of us like myself, we're actually doing things to, eliminate the fact that these people are considered other and therefore less than and trying to normalize it and bring about an actual change that would affect the entire community as a whole because with yeah. without allies you would have to fight that fight for yourself and now you're trying to convince a group of people who are pushing you off to the side and putting you in this other group yeah. you're now having to fight that alone and bring about that process of normalizing it and acceptance without anyone from that community being a voice for you and saying, Hey, you, you, yeah. we kind of have to turn around and face the people in our own group and say, Hey, I don't agree with what you're doing and it's wrong. And here's why. And you should show that support and let those people in your own group know that, yeah. Hey, I don't agree with this. And just because you're cis and straight and I'm cis and straight mm -hmm. doesn't mean I hold the same opinion as of you. And here's why you're wrong. And then give them the explanations and defend the people who are being put into this other group. As no, exactly. I mean, this is, um, you know, a comparison civil rights is just, you know, is this way things improved in that 
field. So same thing. Um, but they're, they're, so that's 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 one positive. And the other positive stuff at the moment is the fact that I, that you I am seeing um, younger people coming out as um, LGBTQ and feeling they have spaces to do that. I mean, so, you know, the, the, contrary to the, the stuff we were talking about before, there is a lot of good stuff happening. I mean, you know, in um, the fact that a that, that a school can now have uh, that you know will have an LGBTQ group and support system and a network for that that in you know in, in schools all around the world it seems to be happening more and that happening is 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 fantastic and i think that's where it begins it was, you know is 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 within the school system i did have a a group recently from when i i, I teach lots of austrians in the uh, the job where i'm doing the uh, english as foreign language and uh, and one of the she was a 15 16 year old girl talked quite openly about her girlfriend back at home and nobody blinked an eyelid and and you know for me and that I, Eve, I kind of looked around the classroom to kind of go oh she's being really honest this is quite raw and brave and it wasn't raw and brave she was just being herself and just and, oh, these other kids just were, were completely accepting so i'm seeing that happening gives me a lot of a lot of hope i i actually had a recent experience like that so um at my work we have a lunch table that, you know, it's like a big round table that we all kind of go and sit and eat lunch at. And we have a group mm. of, I'm, I'm no longer in the IT group, but we have a group of friends that we all sit down there. And, and even though I'm not in IT anymore, I still go down there and sit with those guys. And mm -hmm. one of the day, just the other day, it was happened a couple of weeks ago, but one of the guys, he's a contractor for the IT group. And mm. Um, somebody asked him, we were talking about some, we always talk about kind of controversial stuff, you know, politics and religion and all that. And, and this contractor guy, he came out and he was just like, no, someone asked him about his religion or something. He's like, no, I'm an atheist. And he said, it's so casual. And I was just like, holy crap. Did he just say that? And I was like looking at the table to see how people kind of like took it. And, yeah, yeah. and, and no one really acts surprised or anything, but and I was just like, oh my God, I can't he believe he just threw it out like that. Well, then the same guy, like a week later, someone was asking about his girlfriend or his, his fiance or something like that. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh no, I'm gay. And, and he just threw that out there too. And I was just like, holy crap. I'm like, what? <laughs> What is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, number one, you're a contractor. You're not even actually part of the company. They can let you sure. go for whatever reason they want. Yeah. But just the fact that he was just so casual about it blew my mind. I couldn't imagine yeah. just like throwing out there, like in a conversation, like, yeah, I'm an atheist, you know? And I'm just like, whoa, like it, it blew my mind to see that happen. And I was just <laughs> like, but the good part was, is that no one really had a negative reaction, uh, especially to him being atheist. That was almost like a non-issue at all. And, yeah. but it was funny to watch when he told everyone that he was gay, everyone's like, no, nah, that's cool. I don't have a problem with that kind of thing. Like everyone had to yeah. kind of like say this affirming thing, like, man, I don't have a problem with it kind of thing. But what was really funny is the next day, one of my friends who wasn't there that day was like, Hey man, I heard that, you know, stuff got real uncomfortable at the lunch mm -hmm. table yesterday. And I was like, and to me, I was just like, um, I don't recall it being uncomfortable right. at all. Like I don't remember. And then it, uh, thinking about it, I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? I'm like, oh, that guy came out and told everyone he was gay. <laughs> and so I told my friend, I was like, oh yeah. So this guy came out and told everyone at the table he was gay. And I think maybe even though everyone at the table was like, oh yeah, that's okay. Kind of thing. Probably someone felt uncomfortable and was like, hey man, you should have been there yesterday. It was really weird yeah. and awkward kind of thing. And it was funny because I couldn't recall the incident in, in the fact that someone was like asking me like, Hey, what happened? Kind of thing. I thought was funny. <laughs> I mean, uh, to, 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 to give you kind of uh, my, my experience. I mean, I've said that my other half being from the U S and, uh, family based in California, uh, we traveled back to, uh, he has lots of family in, um, Washington state and, uh, around the Spokane area. And it's kind of and, and and towns around that city. So kind of a lot smaller and very different to San Francisco and uh, Seattle and the other cities I'm used to, New York and going into that world. And uh, we went to a family reunion out there last year and it was in a very small town. I don't know what the population was. You know, there was a few hundred people and we had this. Uh, they had this event and we all had to wear badges saying what part of which who were we with why were we there what who what part of the family and it was really his um his father's family who were uh kind of they were the people who'd organized it and his father comes from a line of about 12 or 13 brothers sisters and um 
so it's quite complicated but then of course i have an english accent and going into this scenario with an english accent and it's just my badger said matt from london because we weren't quite sure where to place me <laughs> right am i his partner because we are you know we're not we're not we don't hiding it but this means we're going to have to have that conversation and so i ended up we did add i'm with uh the, the name of his father and so then like so you're not a son and you're english and you're here with keith and oh this dawning of people are picking up uh, they're picking up the clues right well, yeah, um, but yeah, but kind of so kind of having to come out because I've not had to do that for a long time. And even though we're clearly a couple, but actually when you finally say it and you're in a very, you know, in a small rural part of America, it was it was a bit unnerving. And then I say most of the reaction, well, all the reactions, not most, all the reactions in that scenario were positive. So that again, more, you know, that's that's a change in the world. And so before I move on to where you get to plug your information, um, mm. I, I ask for suggestions and feedback onto my questions and stuff like that. And so mm. you said you would love to have a question included about role models and people in the public eye that have a public influence on you. So I think I will start including that and we'll start with you, Matt. So okay. who, who were your role models? There were many, many, many. I mean, I, I spoke briefly about um, Boy George because he was uh, Boy George and David Bowie were very out there and kind of David Bowie is, you know, uh, who knows what his actual sexuality was in the end. But it was just the uh, the, the bravery to 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 be different. So that was a start. And then kind of as I've gotten older, there was a lot of playwrights and people like Oscar Wilde and people who I kind of initially, when I was at school, I just kind of think well, it was incredibly boring. But then when I actually sat down and read this stuff and learned about their experiences and it kind of the, those people really affected what, what I was doing and who I was becoming. And and then the one of my biggest influences and still is to this day is Prince. <laughs> oh, yeah. Massive, massive Prince fan. Again, not somebody who was uh, officially uh, LGBTQ, but his early music taught was very kind of um, sexual. It was open to exactly and open to interpretation, and uh, the way he dressed and the way he presented himself in the world. Uh, it, it was again, it was brave, and and it was so for me. It was always it was always kind of pop culture people, um, and as I say, I've gone on and become you know a, a working actor and an adult. <laughs> Things have changed, but um, but yeah, it was always pop culture people, and and having yeah having someone to again, it was t talking about the tribes. It was kind of going so I've got I can go to them um, as my tribal leaders. That makes sense. And so yeah. a couple of questions left. Yeah. Before, again, before we get into your contact information and, and plugging your information, yeah. do, you, do you have any LGBT support organizations and how do you connect with those organizations or with other LGBT people? Um, yes. Those are kind of two questions in one. Um, yeah. I, I know they're separate, but if you can roll those in together. As far as my own life at the moment, the way I connect is is uh, is I'm I'm quite a, a social animal, and I actually think it's quite important. I know it sounds a silly thing to say, but I think it's really important to maintain friendships, and also to maintain friendships within the community because I don't know. Certainly in London, it's a it's a big sprawling place. We're a tiny country, but London's huge. Um, but uh, yeah, the the community here is there are so many different uh types of um just even within being um within being gay there the 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 there are there are bars and clubs and community centers for people who would class themselves as a bear for instance and um and and all the terminology and there's that is great but it's become a little bit disparate that people have kind of spread out across the community so uh it's, it's wonderful there's something for everyone but don't forget you should be friendly with your neighbors is all i'd say um and, and that is really important to me is is kind of going back to to my core friendship group and a lot of them are spread out within that um community but as far as something that's useful and helpful that in certainly in the uk there is a a, a group called the switchboard and they're open I thought they were open 24 hours a day, but they're open uh, 10 till 10. But it's switchboard LGBT 
uh, switchboard dot LGBT is how you can find them. And they are a support kind of for anyone. You don't have to be someone who's just coming out and struggling, though that's there for that purpose. And I certainly did call them myself as a younger man. Um, but for for even if you're if you if you lose a partner um, and you don't have a kind of you don't feel brave enough to talk to your family and you're kind of in your 60s and you want someone to to talk to for support they'll do that as well and i know people that work for them and um it's all volunteers so uh they do a wonderful job but it's switchboard.lgbt okay and i and you gave me a link here in the pre-interview form so i'll definitely in, oops, so i'll definitely include uh, the link on my homepage, the straight up gay podcast oh, so fantastic. that way if people want to visit my page and they're looking for a link to switchboard they can go on there brilliant Matt, so here's your chance. You get to plug all of your information that you want people. If, if anyone wanted to reach out to you or find out about your podcast or anything that you're doing online, go ahead and plug that now. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so uh, my podcast is called A Beginner's Guide to a 40-something Gay Man, and it does what it says on the tin, hopefully. Um, and I aim to be entertaining and chatty, and uh, but also informative. And I always start each podcast with uh, recommendations um, of uh, television shows and new albums and theatre shows, and so I'm kind of all about that. But then I talk about politics as well and um and things that are going on in the world. So please, uh, you, and I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, um, and maybe elsewhere, but I haven't, and I'm venturing into that as a member. But iTunes is the best place to stop off for that. Um, I have a website, uh, mattianKelly.com. You can find out everything about everything I'm doing, um, from the shows I'm working on to uh, the podcast can be found there. And if you want to hire me for any voice work, I'm also available there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I may, I, I don't know if I can, I mean, I might be able to pay you something, but I would look for some sort of um, maybe voiceover or something for this show. I'd be more than, yes. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to. I can stick it on this TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes. Is that everything? Do you have anything else? Uh, and then and then Twitter, I suppose, which is just at Kelly Matt. Oh, okay. And you're on Instagram as well? And Instagram as Kelly Matt or Matt. No, sorry. Instagram is Matt Ian Kelly. It's very really difficult go. to remember all your different handles these days. Yeah, it is. It's definitely, you got a <laughs> different one for every social media site. So yeah. um, that's really good. Um, I definitely have subscribed to your podcast. I haven't listened yet and uh, I'm definitely interested in hearing what your show is about. And to be honest, Matt, you seem like a really cool guy and um, I would be happy to call you my friend. And so if, if there's anything I can do to help for your show, if you're ever looking for a straight person's opinion on you're doing your show and you need a guest and if I can accommodate you, I'll be happy to be there. Well, absolutely. I'm um, just to, to give you a little heads up. I'm thinking of uh, in a sort of it's a long way off. We're talking about Christmas, but kind of before Christmas, having a uh, having a kind of a, a group, um, all my guests that have kind of been around in the last but whatever it will be then, probably eight months, um, to to kind of have a have a Christmas party. Oh, that would definitely be podcast. cool. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, if you're up for that, then <laughs> yeah, sure. You have my contact info, and I have yeah. yours, and I'll make sure I reach out to you uh, on Facebook more, and so that we can uh, stay in better contact with, instead of through the page because the page is there's a little bit of a delay in the messenger there. So I'll reach okay. out to you with my personal page, and then that way we can keep in better contact because I would definitely be interested in that. Yeah, it'd be great if we can assist each other and yeah, and uh, keep our keep our missions moving forward. Yeah, as a fellow podcaster, we kind of have to stick together and help promote each other's stuff because nobody cares about podcasters these days. And no, we're just a lonely bunch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to thank everyone for listening and just remember that, you know, as allies, it's up to us to help make the world a better place for LGBT people. So make sure that, you know, you speak out against anyone talking bad or bullying or, or oppressing an LGBT person in any way and, and do the right thing, stand up for them and, and help be a support network for LGBT people. It's our job as allies to be, you know, those people who face our own community and tell them what they're doing is wrong. Um, if you have any questions or you ever want to contact me, you can always email me at major at straight up gay podcast.com. As always, I'm available on Twitter at S U G podcast and also on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash straight up gay podcast. I'm also available on Google plus. You can just go on there and search for straight up gay podcast. Um, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, and now Stitcher Radio. As always, I host the audio on Pinecast, but there are, I also I also 
upload two shows um, as much as it'll hold on SoundCloud so you can hear more recent episodes on SoundCloud. You can just go to soundcloud.com slash major dash straight. And um, thanks everyone for listening. This has been episode 17 and I will see everyone on episode 18. Thanks for being here. Hi mom. I'm really scared right now but I have to. At age 13, my mother knew I wasn't straight. She didn't understand, but she had so much to say. She sat me on the couch, looked me straight in my face, and said, you'll burn in hell or probably die of AIDS. It's funny now, but at 13, it was pain to be almost sure of who you are and have it ripped away. And I'm sorry if it's too real for some of you to fathom, but hate for who you love is not exactly what you'd imagine. Uh, and I guess it was disastrous Cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside Because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny And ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion And I can't change Suffer beneath every single hand that chooses Ignorance, fuck your religion Fuck constitutions, fuck superstitions There are no lakes of fire, we're here on earth And the only thing to do is put love first And so I stand for the boy who died by his hand To the sound of his father screaming, woman loves man This is Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve And I stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve And a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder And I stand for it all until ignorance is over This is for you, for knowing who you are For never letting your magic outside of your heart Be you, be brave and understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you, this is who I am yeah. I accepted you for you when I didn't understand And I love me for me, this is who I am Just don't get it. Love is love. There is no difference. Not a medication to fix it. There is no prescription. No rehab to visit. It is not an addiction. It's love. And it's selfless. It's yours and everybody else's. So don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless. See us as yourself. There's no equality and difference. Until we all get it, we'll be drowning in the same blood. Despite orientation, we all feel the same love. Drowning in the same blood Despite orientation We all feel the same love Able to speak who we believe we are Or who we dream will become Like drum beats forever changing their rhythm I am living today as someone I had not yet become yesterday And tonight I'll only borrow pieces of who I am today To carry with me to tomorrow No, I'm not gay No, I'm not straight And I sure as hell am not bisexual Damn it, I am whoever I am when I am it Loving whoever you are when the stars shine And whoever you'll be when the sun rises
So here's to being able. Here's to love. Here's to loving just because. Here's to acceptance. Here's to never fearing the fear of rejection. Here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are. Here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever. Here's to the moment that you realize things do get better. Here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late. Here's to second chances. Here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love, here's to change.